All right, this is John. And this is Sean. And this is Movie Night with Sean and John. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 10. We did it. We've come so far. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... Episode 10, Movie Night. Welcome to Movie Night. Uh, We're going to review a couple new movies uh, tonight, get back on schedule, try to... uh, We're also (laughs) going to settle the score on Suspiria, which we've been going uh, back and forth on all week. Is it a masterpiece or is it okay? (laughs) (laughs) We're somewhere in between. Um, And then we got uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah. And Bohemian Rhapsody. So we're going to... We're going to uh, talk about those three films tonight. We're also going to talk a little bit about Stan Lee, who just died. Uh, uh, two days ago, I think. Yeah, a couple days ago. He was 95. Um, long, full full, full life there. And a full uh, bank account. He was <laughs> worth $50 million. Really? Is that right? Yeah. He looked, yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's worth mentioning because the state of movies as we know it in 2018 has been so substantially impacted by yeah. his legacy, uh, just through the Marvel films alone, and then when you just look at the the radar of those movies and how far in the future they're set up for, like every quarter we're gonna have you know these movies out or you know what I mean yeah. and these sequels and we're gonna have three of these and four you know it's just and like he gets a cameo in all of them and he yeah. kind of gets the credit for like I guess he's being the, the visibility mind of yeah. this universe and that's kind of what we we were talking about a little bit was. Um, the interesting thing, I was just looking about, uh, kind of looking into it today because I'm not a huge comic book fan. I have some comic books. My brother passed down some comic books to me. I was into like Spawn and stuff like that when I was younger. But like, uh, there are these two guys who are kind of forgotten or who are now starting to get some recognition for their creations or co creations. But at the time, Stan Lee was kind of, and still to this day, kind of represents. Uh, the the face face of Marvel Comics but these two guys Steve Ditko Jack Kirby um, I don't think either of these guys are alive still so it's worth mentioning them too Uh, their legacies are all tied up in there well it's easier to take credit for something when uh, the guys that did all the work have (laughs) already already gone yeah when you outlive them. Exactly. <laughs> and I was reading about that in this article today and they were like, you know, I don't know if it's assumed that he's just the sole creator or if it's that he kind of, this myth perpetuated over time, but his yeah. visibility was drastically increased over these other guys. And one of them, I think ended up going to DC at some point because he really? felt, yeah, he felt kind of neglected by Marvel or whatever. But I just wanted to say, I think that's worth mentioning in there. Of course, Stanley is a visionary and, you know, and comic yeah. books as we know it and, and just culture as we know it is, has changed. And, and that's, uh, remarkable, but I, I do think, think it's uh, worth mentioning these other guys who co-created. Well, yeah. definitely. But I think the part of the reason too, is like Stanley's persona. He's a likable character. Right. And, uh, even in movies like Mallrats, where he has like a little two-minute cameo, he's just like, you're like, oh shit, there's Stan Lee, and he's got a big presence. Somehow, yeah, and, yeah. And he really, you know, what they said was his genius was on the marketing end, and and I could see it that. almost reminded me of of kind of how you hear about like Coppola will talk about uh, George Lucas, mm-hmm. he'll he'll talk about his. His genius as a filmmaker being kind of overshadowed by his genius as, as a, a marketing, man. yeah, kind of whiz or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, his ability to generate, 
you know, adulation and then monetize that or yeah, whatever, I you know? And, that. um, so I don't know. Um, I, the other thing I wanted to talk about, this is h- hilarious to me is I had to see, I saw Suspiria. We saw it today together, which w- would have been the second time. I saw this movie 2.5 times <laughs> because the first time I went to see this movie, uh, the local theater, I told you about this, but the, the, the alarms just came on so loud, lights flashing, alarm, like, and it was an emergency alarm. It was like, this is an emergency. This is not a test. Please exit the theater, please. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I, the first thing I thought was like, oh, there's like a shooter somewhere. Oh, but I man. didn't hear any any gunfire or anything. So then I was like, well, I, I was like, I just got got to walk out, you know? So I, I walk out the exit, uh, you know, that like, like is straight hall? to the parking lot. The yeah. one that's like right out the theater. Walk out. I turn around and there's another guy. It was only me and one other guy in the movie. And he's like <laughs> looking around too. He looks kind of frazzled. And I'm like, I'm like, man, what was that? He's like, I don't know. He's like, <laughs> I was like, do you think like, and so I start looking around. No one else is, is exiting the theaters. So I'm like, what are we doing? And I, you know, and he's just like, man, he was like, the movie was just getting good. I'm like, I know it was at the choreography scene. The first oh, one. Oh, cool. And I'm like, man, what do we? And so then we had to, we ended up going back in there, and they let it, they let us back in the movie. They're like, oh, you guys were the ones who went out the emergency exit. I was like, well, yeah, man, you had the emergency thing blaring. <laughs> that it was a, a voice came on. The, it wasn't just the lights came on. A voice came on the thing and said, like, this is not a, a test. You need to leave the theater. <laughs> so anyway, they let us back in. The lights went on another ten times after that. The alarm, really? yeah, the alarms continued, persisted to the point where it had been on for about four minutes at this time like the lights and the the noise uh, and and me and this oh, this other man. guy was dedicated he stayed he stayed and i walked out to leave that would have drove me crazy by man. the time that i'm leaving everyone's in a line trying to get complimentary tickets or whatever yeah and so i just get in the line and but eventually i realized that i had actually left my keys in the theater so i was like well i'm just gonna run back in real fast i'm gonna grab my keys Go back in. The guy's still in there. The one guy, he's still just like, I'm like, in the, the by this time, the lights are actually like on now. Like oh, in like the, theater. the whole theater. And lights. the lights are flashing and the noises are going off. And he's still Jeez. just, he's still just, just fixed to the screen. Oh my God. He sees me walk in. I'm like, hey man, they're making everybody leave. He's like, he's like, they're making us. He's like, and I was like, and then as soon as I said that, these guys come in, they're like, hey, like, come on, man. Like, what are you still doing here? And so then they, you know, they kind of escorted us out. I was like, I, oh, I was grabbing my keys. They're like, all right, whatever. And, but they're like, what are you doing? And the guy had to come with. <laughs> so it was just chaos. Um, I just thought that was funny. They're like, this theater is pretty terrible, honestly. Uh, but, but I guess, and that's the larger point is AMC A-list. Where are you at with AMC well, A-list? Like, man, ch- check in after So, after as a time. good segue, uh, I guess maybe into another film, like, I went to the River Oaks Theater for the first time in a long time. Right. Uh, two nights ago. And I kind of expect the River Oaks to be, like, a more sophisticated crowd just right. because it's in, like, a fancier part of town. It's, it's a landmark like, the theater. oldest theater in Houston. Yeah. And uh, so we get there going to check out this movie it's the only theater uh playing uh uh can, can you ever forgive me yeah and the movie starts and about five minutes in these like old people come up and sit in the seats right behind me and my fiance right and they have popcorn they have this this theater has a bar upstairs that has glasses yeah. And like ice cubes. Yeah. So they're holding mixed drinks that are like rattling ice cubes like <laughs> right behind my fucking head. And they're like crunching on popcorn. They're like, did, did the movie just start? 
is that the author? And oh, then they're no. like, that oh, cat, no. that cat's sick. They're like, really? they're like saying shit. And I had to literally get up and move to the other side of the theater. Oh, the no. movie's like three, di- the theater's like three different sections. And I like moved to the other side of the theater because it was so disruptive. And I always kind of talk shit about like young kids and yeah. stuff on their phones. But, it, but this was so much worse. I guess it's a problem that exists across all lines. Yeah. It's like there's no... So I want to apologize for all the young kids yeah, like, I blasted for being <laughs> on their phones. That's less distracting than, than someone this. drinking mixed drinks behind you. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, but, but, so we've each seen about 20 movies with A-list so far. Yeah, just over at now. Least. So, like, yeah, probably around getting there to 25 or something like that. But like, yeah. so what do you think of it? Just as a service, you've been, you've been all right. I, with it? I actually kind of love it, man. Yeah. Just I think having that ticket on your phone and just walking up like you're I, better than everyone. I wish the theaters were a little bit better. Uh, because I'll give you that. AMC Houston, is just like the biggest. No, it is. But, but in chain. Houston, the AMC theaters just aren't that great. Like Dunville's not that great. Deerbrook's not that great. Uh, the dine in Dunville's not, but you know what? Like after downtown's all right. Wait, which one? The uh, Sundance. What used to be Angelica. I, I like that theater. I mean, I love love the theater. I just think since AMC got it, it just seems like the people who tend to uh, work the projector or to come to those movies or to work the concessions yeah. at AMC theaters, they tend to just be mediocre. Well, just less involved than you might see at a Regal or like the Angelica when it used to actually be the Angelica and you uh, know, I'll give you that but the thing that I do like about AMC is having your ticket on your phone skipping all that part yeah walking straight up scanning in and then getting the deals if you're into like popcorn and drinks yeah. and then they, no, it's, they it blast is, it is their nice. movies like fucking full volume so like they didn't today though well, not t- yeah, that is weird. Not today, but whenever I went no, to I know uh, River Oaks, I was like, man, I'm used to like a big, comfortable <laughs> chair and like just it really insanely blasting music. Yeah, or, uh, uh, River Oaks specifically has to play their movies a little bit quieter because the isolation between the theaters is not great. Oh, okay. especially I didn't if you're know upstairs. That. I mean, if you, you've been upstairs there, yeah. you hear the downstairs theater like the bleed is there. Yeah, for that's sure. true. Uh, anyways, let's get into this. So let's start with Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah? Yeah, yeah, So, sure. uh, Queen, uh, bi- biopic? Yeah, I guess it's a biopic about Freddie, well, not just Freddie Mercury, but Queen. Yeah, I think so. As a, I th- as a group. And, uh, you know, that was, well, let's, let's just kind of set this thing up. So, um... It, it basically takes us through the early years of Freddie Mercury's involvement in Queen. Right. A little bit of his his younger days before that and just before that. And then basically the time spent with Queen, without Queen, and then back with Queen. Right. Uh, it, what I'll say about this movie is uh, Rami Malik, who is, plays Freddie Mercury, was incredible. I feel like... Yeah, he owned this movie. He, I feel like this was a... Is it going to be a significant moment in his career? I just feel like he really owned the the whole picture, you know, like yeah. every frame, his mannerisms, his um, posture, obviously the details and the costumes and and the choreography and stuff like that. They all seem to be like really on point to me, having seen some of these performances. Yeah, but I just feel like he really. Um, it was pretty transformative, you know, it didn't, it, I didn't see Rami Malik in some shots. I actually, it, it like kind of, I had to look twice and be like, man, I'm not looking at Freddie Mercury, you know, like it, it was definitely, uh, he was in it. I think he did a really good job. Man. So, uh, I totally agree with you. And I think the attention to detail and like the costume design 
and the yeah. set design recreation are really spectacular in this movie because that yeah. stuff always kind of sticks out to me. But like it felt- down to the, like the shoes that he wore, right. the you know what era he had short hair and what costumes he wore in like this video or right. this specific live performance at this place at this right. certain period of time. It felt they nailed that right, and I feel like performances, uh, particularly the kind of climax at the end. Yeah, live like uh, it felt very. It felt one for one, like movement Man. for movement. It felt. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Because I, I watched the Live Aid performance like that night right. after I got out of the theater. I was pumped up on Queen. Right. I'm not like a huge, huge Queen fan, right. but I'm very familiar with their work. The hits. I mean, they yeah. have some incredible songs. C- and I've seen catalog. the Live Aid performance before. I used to have like the box set DVD of like all the performances. Yeah, amazing stuff. And so I rewatched the Queen one. And after seeing the movie, it's like, damn, they like pick every little thing, every little they tiny. They did a good job. Like uh, nod at the camera or just his little moves, the right. mic stand, like everything they nailed. Even I like, agree on his piano, they have Pepsi cups and like <laughs> yeah, beer, yeah, and yeah. it's exactly no, like, placed exactly. No, you're right. Position. You're right. There was a lot of attention to detail, a lot of care taken there. The 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 thi- my this is where the negatives kind of start for me is that I feel like uh, it was sanitized just a little bit. It felt like a movie that Queen or the record company or both designed to sell well, they did. lots of albums. And and I think the goal for the movie, I'm sure, was to represent Freddie well, but also to represent the band well and to preser- to kind of preserve the band's legacy. They didn't want to show, I don't think they wanted to show too much of the actuality of Freddie's life at certain points because they didn't want to show too much debauchery or like right. they didn't want to make a fool out of him or or a joke of his legacy, but they also just wanted to preserve this kind of nice, tight legacy that is well, the Queen as we know it. But And I thought, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know that in the end the film exists to be this standalone piece of art that, that is as good as it could possibly be as a standalone piece or if it's more about... We want to see the the you know the sales like the legend <laughs> yeah of and, and, yeah Freddie persist and the sales just go up for this well f- so period you, of time. you know that Brian May was one of the executive producers right. of this I think, film I think a few of the guys in the band and were. originally Sasha Baron Cohen uh, uh, was supposed to play Freddie Mercury they had right. a kind of falling out and he was kicked off the project because he left the project because and and that was a, a big difference in creative opinion I'm glad you mentioned that because Sasha Baron Cohen and this movie changed directly. Directors a, a few times, yeah, but, in well, the middle that's of production, because of even. Brian May's involvement, because he didn't want it to be like a straight up Freddie right. Mercury biopic. He wanted it to be about Queen right. as a whole, the legacy of the of the band, and and that definitely comes across. I don't know for better or for worse. I mean, I I think some of the ideas that I was kind of reading about the film and Sasha Baron Cohen's idea, ideas for the film, and I thought. Uh, uh, maybe a balance between the two of showing some yeah. of this extreme lifestyle that Freddie lived, you know, and, and which is, you know, known pretty widely. Right, right, right. Uh, I feel like they could have dove into that a little bit more just to develop his character and like what are the things that kind of led him to, and they showed some of that and they, they did get into that. I just feel like maybe there was a portion of the movie there that it just felt so slick and clean and I, perfect that it was just... That it was just kind of, it felt a little bit sanitized to me. I, I do think it's definitely worth seeing. I think Rami Malik was fantastic. Uh, the supporting cast was great as well. Everyone. The guy uh, that played Brian May, too, looked like exactly like him. Gwilym Lee, apparently. Is that 
guy's name. Ben Hardy yeah, played he was, Roger Taylor. Lucy uh, Boynt, Boynton as, was, the, was the love interest right. fiance. Uh, and everyone showed up. I think the cast was great. Uh, oh, uh, and, it was Brian Singer who ended up getting the credit for directing this. But yeah. this movie passed through a few hands. Who he did like the X Men and, and he's done, he did Usual Suspects. Yeah, he's done. A I lot was of like, I was like, did you notice did the uh, Mike Myers cameo? Wait, what? Yeah, Mike Myers was in it. He was the oh, EMI. Yeah, of course, he of was course. the EMI. For a second, I drifted to Halloween uh, <laughs> because, oh, <yeah. laughs> because of our most recent. Uh, I didn't. No. So I saw it during was, the opening was, opening title sequence. It says Mike Myers, and I forgot yeah. about it. But halfway through, I I realized while they're talking to the EMI exec, that, yeah, like, that that was Mike. He's Myers. the guy who passes on, and Queen. he's saying like this song will never be played like in a car, right, right. and it's like a direct reference to Wayne's World. I, I mean, thought that was kind of cool. But. You know, I I. I really liked parts of the movie. I, I do think it was very entertaining. I saw it in an IMAX theater in the recline, you know, in the recline chair. Yeah. So that always is going to tick it up like a half a star for me for sure. But I'm going to go with three and a half stars uh, for Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. I think it's definitely worth seeing. Rami Malik uh, was excellent as Freddie Mercury. He really embodied that whole character i think he 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 was uh, that that alone is worth seeing and then yeah. the movie itself i think is overproduced and kind of under directed but but still uh entertaining and uh check it out what do you think man i would agree with you on a lot of those points but to me like personally yeah i felt inspired by the movie i was never a huge 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 queen fan right but after, you know, in the days following, after watching the movie, I've been listening to more of their songs. Dug back into the catalog. Yeah, yeah, I watched like the Live Aid performance. I went back and watched all their music videos, and I think that the movie was... did its job in right. like re-inspiring me to be like a, a Queen fan or right. appreciator of the music. So, right. in that aspect, I would definitely give it like a four stars. Like, okay, it, it pulled off like its objective. Yeah, and re inspiring me or whatever and, and kind of regenerating this interest in the band yeah and freddie yeah, and, and, and in the legacy of these guys yeah i think it was good yeah i think uh definitely go see that one. Oh yeah? yeah for sure um let's get into this next one this is can you ever forgive me uh melissa mccarthy doing the dramatic thing yeah um, which actually particularly I'm, I'm, well i'm like a bigger <laughs> fan of her dramatic stuff almost than really? her comedy Al- I mean, almost yeah yeah, yeah. I, like I, bridesmaids is uh, great. amazing yeah perfect really probably um yeah. uh, i like her as a person i, I guess I, I i totally get what you're saying i actually think she um she's just so strong in this movie that it makes me like wish she did more of this kind of work yeah because it's she really just drove home this performance of this kind of curmudgeon what do you want to set this one yeah. up yeah so she played uh what did it what is her name? Lee, Lee Israel. Lee Israel. So who's an uh, author who is a biographer, right? Right, right. So it's based on a true story. Melissa McCarthy plays uh, Lee Israel, who's kind of yep. like a down on her luck author who is not selling that many books. She lives in New York City, and so she starts kind of uh, she starts forging um, kind of like pen pal letters from really famous authors that right. are like aged, and then starts selling them. Yeah. Kind of for profit. Yeah. I think that's a, a perfect kind of summary. So, like, you know, there exists this community where these one-of-a-kind 
items where an author shows some personality. Right. If Shelley writes to a friend and it shows some personality in some circles, this is a very valuable item. Right. And be, her, and her basically experience as an author, she knows some something about this. And or she comes into the first one by legitimate means. She yeah. she comes into this. The first one is a real letter. letter. She accidentally Auth- finds. and she sells it for a couple hundred bucks. She's behind on her rent. She's like, well, okay. And then she starts. <laughs> the genius of Lee Israel, though, in the film, is that she's able to disappear behind these writers that she right. kind of embodies to the point where even authenticators. Uh, believe believe the, the that the product is is real and then it goes on and eventually you know the movie kind of gets to the point where is she gonna be discovered as <laughs> or, or you know this person who's forging this uh, these letters but the whole thing I think was executed super well um, I thought Richard E Grant that's who the plays, supporting yeah Jack yeah Jack he plays Jack in the film he was excellent to he me, was my favorite part of the movie actually he was he was really funny like yeah. a good good comedic timing with him and perfect. it's just a perfect like side character what what i loved about these two characters uh melissa mccarthy playing lee israel and richard e grant playing jack this kind of miss they're just both misfits who happen to be in the <laughs> bar at the same time in the earlier hours of the day yeah. <laughs> so they kind of recognize themselves and each other like, oh, you know, I'll buy today's drinks, you know, or whatever, because yeah. they're both, you know, alcoholics. Just like these really negative, like, <laughs> shitty people. He's homeless. Uh, yeah, she she's barely a... making it. Uh, it. Just all kinds of issues. But they're both kind of these curmudgeon characters. Uh, and, and it's so interesting to see her play this role because when you think of, when I think of her, I kind of think of her role in, in Bridesmaids or so many of these other movies where she over the top heat, stuff like that. Yeah where, yeah, where she's just more of it's more of her physical like comedic presence than it maybe is her performances dialogue wise or whatever. Right. Where this is the exact opposite. Man, there's a where really, she kind of it just disappeared into the character. I think she did a killer job. There's a really funny scene it, just where you were talking about where um, so Melissa McCarthy and Jack the the kind of side character yeah meet up at a bar and they kind of recognize yeah they recognize each other from a party and she asks him about like a kind of a, a friend like friend that they share yeah, yeah, yeah mutual friend yeah mutual friend they're like what happened to that person and he's like oh he either died or moved to the suburbs I don't know oh he, like, said, I, he oh. said I confused the two yeah I yeah, confused yeah. the two and then she's like oh didn't she uh, have have twins or something He's like, oh, might as well be dead then. Yeah, she goes, better to have died then or something yeah, like that. Yeah, better. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, that kind of. That was like my favorite like, yeah, standout part. It really part of illustrates the movie. their, this uh, bond that they have. Yeah. And this outlook that they share about life and how terrible <laughs> everything is, basically. Either died or moved to the suburbs. And so they basically them. get into these nefarious positions where they're, the two of them. He, like kind of work together. Yeah, and, 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 and they have this criminal enterprise <laughs> where they're selling these forged, one-of-a-kind, uh, handwritten or typed letters from uh, author to author or whatever. And, um, yeah, I thought it was good, man. I, I, I'm going to give this... I'm gonna give this four stars. I think it was it was very good. I, I think it was um, an amazing performance from Melissa McCarthy. I think she, think she definitely uh, was fully submerged in that role, and she did uh, 
killer job. I I am going to 100% agree with you. I think it's also a four-star movie. Yeah. I don't know why, but like movies set in New York are just always better. Like even <laughs> if you? even if I'm not 100% into the story, which this movie I was, yeah. but even if I'm not super uh 100% into the story, I just the background of New York City and just the aesthetic of it is like really pleasing to me. Yeah. And uh, the I backdrop, just, I just, yeah, of I just, New York City is nice. It, it stuck out to me a lot in this movie because there's a lot of like small shops that are really. cool. I think that's totally worth that mentioning. Is, is that they make a point to kind of show these mom and pops and the places yeah, that people I love who actually live in these communities will go. Yeah, or just like little shitty New York apartment, not like a <laughs> yeah. nice like Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super expensive apartment. I love that stuff. No, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's that's definitely worth mentioning. I think it was strong to to quite strong. Uh quite strong. <laughs> go see that one. That one's only playing at River Oaks down here. Yeah, Houston. I think it might also be playing at be. Edwards. Yeah. Uh this weekend. I think, I don't know. So a couple of these that we're talking about, you want to you want to get it in while you can because they're <laughs> they're in and out of the theater. Let's, let's Speaking let's, of in and out <laughs> of the theater. <laughs> so this is the the main event. This is what you've all been waiting for. John versus Sean. <laughs> we're we're getting into it. So Suspiria 2018, Luca Guadagnino uh he just did Call Me By Your Name, which uh, last year uh, yeah. was my favorite movie of the whole year. I think it was amazing, just perfect. So I'm a big fan, and I'll just preface what, what I'm going to contribute with well, that. Well, do you want to set it up? Yeah, so um, how? I mean, hope, I think a lot of the people who listen to our podcast have probably seen the original, uh, yeah. but if you haven't, it was... Um, uh, what's the guy's name? Oh, Argento. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a Italian horror movie from the seventies, right? Kind of this B movie, yeah. Italian kind of art film. To me, that's how oh, it yeah, stands out now. Sure. Uh, from the seventies, and this movie is a remake. And I, I mean, I think that's it's more of an homage to me than a remake. It, there are definitely elements of the original that cross over. And I think that Luca Guadagnino did a really good job of like paying attention to and bringing over, but yeah, so let's just set it up. It's, uh, this movie is basically about a, um, dance ensemble in Berlin, uh, mm-hmm. in the seventies, basically post-war Berlin, but still separate, uh, Berlin, you right. know, separated by Berlin wall. So the movie's kind of, uh, backdrop is the political tension that exists in Germany at that time, and then that, this movie is basically about a coven of witches that are also members of this dance company. Yeah. Um, man, I love this movie. So I'm just gonna start there. I really appreciate the the previous work that I've seen of of his. Call Me By Your Name, I think was perfect. My, that was my favorite movie the whole last year. So just going into this, I had high expectations, and it lived up to my expectations. And I actually, I like the original movie. Uh, I like it. It's it's not it's nowhere near perfect to me. So I think there well, were no. there were a lot of ways that it could be potentially improved upon. And I think that all of those things uh, came across to me and 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 were improved upon in the remake. But what do you think? Man, I also had after really having high... seen it two times now. Yeah, I did see it twice. Uh, after having really high expectations, also for this, you know, Tom York did the music. Right. I'm a I'm a relatively big Radiohead fan. I yeah, guess. Yeah. Um, 
And then I I also into the original. I've seen it probably a good ten or twelve times. Right. Um, I had high expectations for this, but this movie is long and drawn yeah. out to me. I agree. And what sticks out to the original seventies um, film is like just these, ninety minute cut. Well, yeah, it's a ninety minute cut. It's a B movie, and you know that from the opening shot. But it's like these striking, bright colored. Uh, well lit, just crazy shock kind of shock value uh, murders and stuff, and it just sticks out and it's super stylistic. What I think it, this one's kind of like toned toned down and kind of pulled back from that. They take right. it, they take their in time, a different direction. It, but, but flesh it out. What I'll say about the original is I think it's striking, it's it's cinematic, it is artistic, and I think that people talk about it in a way that like. Um, it's more of a B movie. It, oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not. It's not like a traditionally like narrative driven movie. But to me, it's more of like an art movie. Oh yeah, I think absolutely. A lot of is it. A, they call it style over substance. But I would just say it's more about like the actual photography and the direction of the photography and the colors used. Like I think all that they're just waiting differently, you know? Right. Like the, the creators waited with different merit. And I, I see that. Like I, those are the things that I liked about the original was the artistic quality that it had and that it was immediately recognizable as being unique. It was yeah. like, I've never really seen this before. And the things that were traditionally kind of off-putting about it, like how bad the ADR was, became charming over silly. time. Yeah. Or the, yeah, the practical effects being obviously just lacking because of the time that the film was made well, and probably the, the budget, budget that the movie yeah. was made for. Uh, this movie exists on a different scale. And that was one of the things that I liked about it was that uh, Luca's version existed on a whole different plane, um, just scope wise, because it, it's set in the same time period in Berlin, which was this historically kind of tense time. Right. And they just, backdrop that they take the reality of the time period and they make it a part of the film and so then that kind of political undertone makes the movie um timely now i think or i think that's at least the thought behind these some of these um, uh, artistic choices that some people like about the movie and some people don't you know that the movie is backdropped by this political tension and that like there's this character who's uh, a holocaust survivor who kind of his story is threaded through there, which is not in the original at all. So, like, right. there are a lot of additions that I think just take the scale of the movie and bring it. Uh, it just it's like a rocket ship up to me. It's like really, I, yeah, I do. I, like, I think artistically, this movie is really sound. I think that the photography, the direction, is like brilliant. I think that the color palette used. It actually is really colorful. It's just they're more pastels. They're a little bit more muted. It's a little bit more. That's a it's, lot. It's not saturated, more. you know. But there are still a lot of colors represented, and the color palette is actually very distinct. Purples, pinks, greens, like blues. Those things are all in the movie. They're just a little bit more, or maybe a lot more desaturated. But I think they stand out in the same ways, and I think a lot of that tra- translates from the. The, the zooms, you know, the use of yeah. the location shots to kind of to, to make this stand out and, like, make the film pop. I think there's a lot of things about that I liked about the original that I saw here and I just liked even more. So I definitely will not argue that this movie had a way bigger budget. Right. They could afford Tom York to do the music and then just... Which was all, excellent. All the, uh, all the photography, all the... Um, 
all the camera work is really well done. Yeah. But I think to it's me, near like, perfect even like, throughout. Even seeing it a second time and knowing what happens, to me there's some parts in the middle that just lag. And I, the original film is about ninety minutes. Yeah. So what uh, I but this one's two hours and thirty eight minutes. Right. So they added it over an an hour right. basically a backstory and extra stuff onto the initial raw bones idea but these are two different films to be uh, sure they're completely different like, you you almost can't even really They're different interpretations them. of a concept it's not i mean they're not yeah. the same yeah. but like which i will give them credit for at least like they I liked, didn't copy it shot for shot they're doing some original stuff they took it in a totally different right. way a couple of the things that i just want to throw out as i think were perfectly or near perfectly executed in this movie was the choreography the dance sequences not just the the dances themselves but the way that they were filmed and photographed i thought was just uh really cinematic and and just gorgeous i think that uh the body horror perspective of the film and the practical effects used in a lot of ways the reveal of marcos uh incredible stuff just stuff that to me the first time i saw it i my jaw was like i was like wow i have not seen something like that before you know at all and um man i just i just thought that there were some really unique elements to it that made up for those shortcomings i definitely agree it's overlong i think <laughs> that some of the ideas you know the separation of families the holocaust survivor kind of relating to current times and the way that we view each other and how there are separations kind of i think those ideas were stronger than their executions but i think that the having the idea alone is better than most you know what i mean most films don't even consider these things and i think for him to still have a workable workable like interesting horror picture underneath all that it came together for me enough for me to be like forgive it of its shortcomings and to basically think, you know, there were those moments for me, the choreography scene, Marcos, the, the kind of climax, I think were strong enough to, uh, for the other stuff to kind of fall apart. I'm going to give this movie four stars. What? <laughs> That's the highest praise that Suspiria 2018 has got. No, it's not even because I was looking, Sean makes it sound like this movie was like <laughs> demonized somehow. Critically panned. No, it wasn't because the majority of people agree with me. In well, that, in that, it was very good, and some people I'm went so far as to say it's, it's one terrible. of the year's best pictures. Oh my some, god! Some Who critics, said that? multiple critics, actually, and and you know, was it Peter Travers? Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into it. What do you think? What do you what do you Man, what do you got? So I I really went into this movie like wanting to love it because right. I I just like that someone else had heard of Suspiria or someone else was interested in that. I'm really into horror movies. I like watching old weird shit. Right. Uh, the original one to me is kind of more like a midnight movie, like right. uh, uh, something more like Holy Mountain. Right. You know, just yes. something that's like artistic, but there's not that much story. It's right. just like, hey, there's a dance school with witches it's, and they murder people. Its value exists on a whole different like level right. than a typical I like it for like its movie. weirdness. Yeah. And then I went into this movie and it is really spaced out, really long. There's extra backstories and all kinds of stuff. And to me, just as as even looking at it through like my moderate movie goer lens, yeah, I would just think like if I was gonna recommend this to someone, would like, they like it? Right? Would and they you didn't be able really to love sit it. through almost three hours of this? Like you didn't, you you wouldn't recommend. I, it. I don't love it. What? what but so I didn't also didn't hate it. 
To me, it was like above average, but not great. Those moments didn't break through for you in the way that they did for I, me. I liked a lot of like what you were talking about, the choreography, the body horror, the practical effects. The were direction, cool. the photography. But then they do like kind of some weird the music. shifts. Uh, well, yeah, the, the music. But then like there's a scene at the end where they red filter over the entire scene. And right. I think that's to get it out of like the NC-17 unrated I don't section. see it that way. I, I'm pretty. I'm almost positive so. it's to keep it at an R rating. I don't think so. Because they did that in Evil Dead also when it rains blood at the end, and it's because if you show too much blood, you pass a certain like ratings. You, I mean, you you could be right. I I feel I'm almost like certain. Well, to but me, it, it, it looked didn't read, odd. To me, it didn't read as an artistic shortcoming at any, by any, or a compromise by any means. The movie felt uncompromising to me it felt like he was going to do whatever he was going to do and i actually i just appreciate his stuff so much that like i wanted to see his version of it i liked his version of it i would definitely recommend it i but, would but, be so i would, would be you, uh curious to know if there's an unrated version of this movie because i feel like it would be toned different it down a little bit you think so yeah and i feel like that the cgi i don't know so at the end they kind of like had a, a a running scene where they slowed down a right. lot of it, and it was very noticeable. And then they right. did CGI, uh, some CGI effects. Yeah. And to me, that really stuck out in a two and yeah. a half hour long movie where nothing else has been CGI. Everything else has been practical. And that was detrimental for you, just overall to the to the I, whole integrity of the whole picture. But like, what do you? What, it so it what just do you, stuck out a lot to yeah. me, and it seemed really weird. Like it just <laughs> seemed uh, super odd. To be, to be that late in the film where okay. you're introducing okay. these these uh, okay. aspects. I, I see I, I see what you're saying. I don't want to be I, a nitpicker. No, but. no, I see what you're saying. I, I definitely there was a there is one part that I don't want to mention just because I don't want to do any spoilers or anything. There's yeah. one little bit of CGI that, that sticks out to me, but I think overall, um the integrity of it is never really in question for me. But what do you, so what do you think about just what would you give it? Uh so you gave it four stars? Yeah. I would give it three stars. Three. Saying that it's better wow. than average, but wow. to me, it is not a spectacular It's not movie. exceptional in any way. No, like I saw it twice and I'll probably never watch it again. Wow. I would definitely see it. I'd see it again, actually, and I've seen it now almost three times. Oh, my God. And I That's really, almost nine hours. I really, Suspiria. really liked it. I um, I would highly recommend it. I think it was like... It's 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 not for everyone. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and I sure. think off top, you know who you are. <laughs> yeah. If this even interests you at all, I think those people. That's who I'm recommending it for. That's why you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like four stars. Go well, see the, that. Yeah, I guess that's 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 the thing that kind of holds me up is like I know there's hardcore horror fans out there. They're gonna love it. And they'll they'll probably like some. Oh, lot, I love you it. know a lot of like the the technical aspect there's a of lot it. of good stuff in there okay so to review uh bohemian rhapsody what did we i gave that three and a half yeah i get that we, one four you get that four yeah wow. i enjoyed that one. you like that more than than uh suspiria everybody did it got oh higher rotten tomatoes no no it actually didn't dead even dead even oh dead that's even. a tie and I think there's no question that that Suspiria is a better movie. But let's let's continue. Can you ever forgive me? I gave that four. Yeah, we agreed on that. One. We agreed on. Okay, so that's good. And then Suspiria, John versus Sean. <laughs> we'll let you be the judge. It's uh, funny because usually you're more more harsh stingy on yeah. movies. And that's the thing is, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I loved the original too. I like it 
and for all the reasons that I like it, I like this movie even more. Go see that. Oh, I gave man. that four stars. Sean, <laughs> I gave it a low rating of three stars. <laughs> three stars. So we're still we're both in agreement. At least that we're saying it was more good than it was bad. It's worth watching. Go see it. Um, yeah, get out there. Go to the movies. Uh, we'll see you out there. This is movie night. <laughs> <laughs> you think we're still gonna be friends after this one? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs>